Hello. Unfortunately, I'm not on the podcast this week, but we've got our lovely producer and editor, Leon, speaking with Lola this week about all things TV, visual media, thoughts, passions, how they've been getting through this second lockdown. And I'll be back next week when hopefully I've done more uni work and I'm less stressed. So yeah, see you next week. Bye. Hello, welcome back to the Cheers to That podcast. This week, Bonnie, we've given Bonnie the week off because she's completely swamped by work and I thought I could have Leon on. And hello. we could, hello, and we could talk about, well, this week we're going to talk about um, visual media that we've really enjoyed over the past few months, definitely over lockdown, things that have been keeping us sane, things that we've really enjoyed things that have made us think, things that one of us have enjoyed and the other one has absolutely hated. And also how we feel about this as filmmakers ourselves, as screenwriters ourselves, editors ourselves, and how this maybe led us to feel more inspired in certain areas than we may have been before we watched them. Because I think I can definitely say for myself, there's nothing I take more inspiration from my ambition and my future career thoughts than the visual media that I day-to-day consume. (laughs) What? It's just weird being on here. Yeah. I feel like usually when I'm in the room when you're recording, I like zone out. Yeah. So I can do whatever else I'm doing. Yeah, I get that. I'm also not used to looking at someone when I'm doing it because although Bonnie and I always record over Zoom, I think because naturally over zoom you don't make eye contact anyway i just kind of trail off and my eyes are looking at my the room so it kind of flows a bit better because i don't feel that i need to make eye contact with her Well, we also have a hundred conversations a day yeah that's true i think when i understand how you feel i remember when i first when we first started recording back in what was it September maybe before that was it before September it was like August oh my god well I think I want to be more succinct yeah also to make my job easier Mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna go through a complete ego withdrawal yeah after editing ego death yeah ego death you have to there I will never cringe at the sound of my voice ever again after this week But but the thing is is that you you just learn to accept it and the idea of of your voice that you have in your head now that will go absolutely and you'll it, it actually makes you very self-aware i think when i've only listened back to a couple of the ones we've done previously but it does it makes you very self-aware of how you're actually coming across and i i feel like i've spoken to you about this when we've been editing but i always think i'm going to sound and come across like really aggressive and horrible and mean and then i listen to it and i'm just fine (laughs) i think you two are good holding each holding your own in the arena yeah that's true what are we drinking this week this week we're drinking white claw (laughs) which like we're youtubers yeah Um, it's actually the perfect drink for us oh my god it is because all we drink is sparkling water lime and spirit Mm. So if they're putting that in a can and it's zero calories, then... It's actually 95 calories. Oh. Yeah, but vodka's like a thousand calories. Mm. I also just polished off a slice of pumpkin pie from Whole Foods. I've got some sour snakes. Oh, yeah. Should we have a little cheers? Yeah. Oh, no. 
Updates. A little life update. So, last episode we were freezing, freezing cold in the middle of the countryside, which is where we were planning on spending lockdown. Then life happens, suddenly your toilet starts leaking and you have to come back to London, which is fine. I, I'm personally a lot warmer. I feel like I've got a second wind. I feel more grateful to be here. Yeah. I got back a little bit before you and I was just seeing it for like with completely new eyes that's great and I had a lovely time in the countryside but Mm. I am thankful to have my own space and to be in this city where the centre of the world is a half an hour walk away or 40 minutes which is not it's not hard yeah I think it's hard being here because London's a bustling city and it's not at the moment and there's nothing to do. Yeah, it was so weird when I got off the train and it was so dead. It was so dead. There there was literally like one taxi outside and it was just insane and it really dystopian actually. But I and I think that does hit you all of a sudden when you when you're used to being in such a vibrant gorgeous cultural city and then you get here and it's just completely saturated i mean not saturated what what sun-dried tomato (laughs) (laughs) sorry sun-dried tomato well you don't move here to sit don't move to london to sit indoors yeah especially in this shoebox so just being like getting out every day but you know what's been really helping us the walking dead it has. That's really... I mean, the thing with The Walking Dead... We first start When I first started watching The Walking Dead, I don't know if you'd ever seen any of it before. I'd seen the whole of the first season. No, I had the whole of the first season on DVD. And I remember watching episode one. Yeah. And I found it really, really long, which... Yeah. Season one's quite slow. I think if anyone... A lot of people I talk to don't like it because of how slow season one is even yeah. the first episode is but i implore everyone to push on because it oh, has it's swallowed so good. our lives well the thing was right is cast your mind back to lockdown one and suddenly you know you're not working anymore we went also through that really weird period before they announced furlough but after our jobs had closed where we didn't know if we had a job still we didn't know what was going to happen so we we'd come out of these really hugely hugely high pressure high st- high stress jobs you know 12 hour days every single day whatever and i think watching the walking dead for a good part of every single day was our transition into the world of no work because that when i tell you that show is such hard work that show yeah, when we when lockdown when the first lockdown started to wean and we went back to work and we started going out again i had no space for that show yeah. in my life because i realized that was our work yeah that was how we managed to yeah which is kind of fucked up that you need that pressure in your <laughs> life i like i couldn't go cold turkey off of the pressure no, of 14 yeah, hour work days so i was like watch a show where anyone could die any minute it's so good though it's so so good and now what what's happened now in the second lockdown uh what season of the walking dead are we on like season eight now season nine season nine now and 
I don't think we're very good TV critics because... Uh, we form these... The thing with us, Leon... We form very intense relationships with things. We do indeed. I know you find it quite hard to... When a TV runner makes a bad decision. Yeah, I can't stand it. You you, you still run with it. Yeah. You're like, no, they do that. And for instance, the L word, which is one of our... Oh, the L word. Is our Bible. Yeah. Well, quick, just quickly, TV is like our everything. So Leon and I come from a filmmaking background. We studied film and... I did GCSE. I did, did A-level. You? Yeah, you did, didn't you? And I really i'm not a big fan of films i am i i mean i worked in a bloody cinema for two years and my job was to screen films what coinciding with my uh, film study at the time and i do really like films i have a love of film i have a huge love of film but it's not i always find with film that i'm not getting enough of an intense relationship with the characters now that's a generalization don't bite my head off some films i've i've seen and i've seen many 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 films but some films i've seen i've felt hugely hugely touched and moved by the the depth of character the depth of the writing all the choices really touched me and stayed with me and inspired me and I do have a huge love of film. I know I will go on to direct film. I know my love of film will only increase. But TV and um, long form visual media is something that I think I can speak for both of us when I say this, stays with us, touches us and inspires us on a far more, on a far more guttural level, yeah. you know? I mean, there are people who I have met for instance, when we worked at the depot yeah. on that team, who genuinely films are an out... They sit down and they watch them and they get that feeling of unwinding or being inspired. When I watch a film, it's like an event. Like, yeah. I am finally watching this film and I'm really going to take it in, but it's not very relaxing. Yeah. And it doesn't feel... Sometimes you watch an episode of The Walking Dead and it's like, I wasn't really paying attention today. Yeah. You can't really do that with films. But maybe maybe I'm a bit harsh on film. Yeah, I also think that, that another reason is, you know, you and I both have very fast-paced, full, busy lives. And for me to have the time to dedicate to sit down and watch, you know, an entire whole piece of art you know that's gonna last upwards of two hours usually to for me to dedicate that amount of time to that you know that's that's definitely a commitment I say that on the one hand and then on the other hand we could just sit on this sofa and watch The Walking Dead for eight hours of every day and I wouldn't blink I really wanted to get up and watch it it today I feel like we're gonna watch an episode the second we hit stop recording yeah I feel this is a podcasty thing which I find funny. When I'm listening to you guys talking and I see you go off on tangents, I always know you're not going to come back to them. Yeah. I feel like I'm quite good at... Rearing us in. No, no, like, yeah, flipping back through the bookmarks. Yeah. When we were staying at the country with my aunt, we'd talk for her for hours and she'd go off on these tangents and then she'd be like, what was I talking about? And I'd just be like this thing and then she'd be like you're right and, <laughs> and it would go on for longer because i'd like 
get her back to all her points. So yeah, TV is our everything. Yeah, the L word especially. That was that was a show that I I watched that show when I was probably twelve or thirteen. I was very young, and. Funny enough, my mum recommended it to me, even though she hadn't really watched much of it, but she'd seen it. And I, j- I came out to her, my lesbian mum, when I was 11. And then she, forgetting how graphic the L word was, recommended that I watch this show so that I would... Which shows how little there is to recommend Well, yeah. young lesbians. Anyway, so I proceeded to watch the entire thing over the space of, like, what? I don't know, three months, all six seasons. And it formed me as a person. It is a show that grew me up. It it helped to bring me up. Um, it completely touched and it kind of changed. And it's, I always want to apologize for being too dramatic about how I describe the level of, of, connection I could have with the show but genuinely this show did change the way that my that I think you know it changed the way that I I think I'm still unpacking all of the ways that that show has changed me yeah and directly or indirectly I think every day there are things about it that influence influence me yeah be it listening to the pants podcast which is the two (laughs) of the main characters in that became best friends when they were filming it and they now have a podcast. I'll tell you what, we this podcast would not exist if that one didn't. No. The, the reason this podcast exists... So, Leon and I... And this, this kind of follows with the theme. I w- had this job... This is another tangent. <laughs> I had this job working for a nightclub in Brighton when I was 17. And the job would start at, like, 11pm. And... It was always in the cold. It was always I was always on my own, so I'd have one earphone in, and I used to listen to the David Tennant podcast. Well, that... this is the thing we were obsessed. We were obsessed with it. with it, and the thing with podcasts that other people talk about podcasts in this way, and I don't understand what they're talking about, is it's almost like it's it's fast food. They consume loads of podcasts from loads of different creators, and very rarely re-listen to them. There are episodes of the David Tennant podcast that we could both sit here and write now. We could recite. And recite yeah. them. And then there, I don't follow any other podcasts. And then the Pants Pod came along yeah. and I followed that. And I've listened to all of them over and over again. And people go, well, how can you? But it it's as much as musical and... Um, it's like an album I can connect with it yeah. as much as I can connect with a song or a show. Or Yeah, I mean... Of course, we have, we love the pants pod because we love Leisha and Kate because we love the L word. And I feel almost more vindicated and more reassured in my obsession that their lives have been transformed by each other and they're still best friends. And everyone who they often interview people who are on the show all of them say no, that was special. Yeah, really, it does feel special, doesn't it? And for me, it's had a big impact on my... I am a screenwriter, and that is the main thing that I want out of my career. Mm. And that show's had a big impact on two things. One, really thinking about everything 
and building a world, but also building arcs that pay off. And this comes back to another bookmark that I'll get to in a sec. But my other thing is re- my love for actors. Because Mia Kirshner on that show, you couldn't write the best script in the world would still not be able to dictate what she does with that character. She may be the single most naturally talented actor I've ever come and across in my life. And she works so hard. Every single scene of that show, she builds and she just shows up and it must be so emotionally taxing. And Mia, if you're listening to this, in the next... 12 to 18 months you're going to receive a script because we're writing a part for you so please say yes <laughs> um, but I think that TV you know there's this whole golden era of TV Yeah. Uh, The Walking Dead is one of them maybe towards the end of it but Breaking Bad The Sopranos what's the other one? Mad Men Mad Men all of these and I liked Don Draper but Don Draper and Walter White and whatever the main guy in Soprano is called and Rick Crimes are lauded as these incredibly well-written, well-played, deep, detailed, intricate characters. And then I just look at Jenny Schechter yeah. and I go, that is the, I must say, the best character of <sighs> TV history. You said it, you said it. And But a big part of that, one is that she is in many ways a mirror of the writer. Yeah. And the other one, like I said, Mia Kirshner. Mia Incredible Kirshner. actor. And what I was gonna... This comes back to it, that in... I won't do big spoilers because I want people to watch it. But the last season of it is a little bit weird. And there are many choices that... If these people were real people, maybe wouldn't make. Yeah. But I remember when I was watching that and I was messaging Lola and saying, what the fuck is going on right now? (laughs) Hey, my grandma's listening. Be quiet. (laughs) What on earth is going on here? Yeah. Lola went, well, it's, it's true because it's been written. Yeah. But I don't... And this is why I think if a show began to derail, which you could argue that there are things about The Walking Dead that are beginning to be not as well written... They are wearing the skin of walkers, blending in with them, mimicking them, and killing people with herds. Think about the... Think about... They had to get in a writer's room and they really went... Yeah, that was in the comics. Okay, fine. They had to get in the writer's room for that. They had to be like, hold on, we've run out of ideas. We've run out of antagonists. Looks left, looks right, looks at watch. We've made the craziest human antagonist so let's get weirder let's get them to skin walkers put it on but then again i'm like yeah yeah but how's michonne doing like how's her mental health (laughs) how's her mental health these are my family now i want to know and this is something that when my when i was younger and there were some turmoil at home okay i used to watch I think How I Met Your Mother was the first show that I really cracked out on. Yeah. And they were my family. These are these are my people. I've seen every episode probably about 20 times. And I think that's quite normal, but you... It's interesting to then begin a career in TV while still being so 
forgiving of your favourite shows as a consumer of TV. I tell you what, speaking of watching episodes 20 times, Gilmore Girls. Gilmore oh. Girls, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna really. I didn't have any idea, any thoughts, any inkling of what I was gonna name. Any of my children didn't care. My first daughter will be named Lorelai. This show, this show, I have seen every single episode of the show upwards of ten times. This show is one of the most calming pieces of art that has ever been made this show is what is this show to you the only like comfort food show that i can watch without like having a spiral yeah that's a very good i way could watch say. it for a week in bed and then i'd get up on the eighth day and like get on with my life <laughs> any other show i did that with it would destroy me i would become this depressed husk but gilmore girls because it's already on that level even if you it's watch nourishing it, even if you take a break like imagine you had like six meetings in a day and between like three and four you watched an hour of it you would it would zen you out you'd be transported into stars hollow yes you would taylor dosi would take your grocery order you would take in this Emily Gilmore will give you a lecture. And I think this goes to another... One of the reasons that we're more interested in TV than film is that when you're doing film studies, everyone is like, I found that acting and writing were towards the bottom of things that people really cared about. It was all about the colour and the mise-en-scene and the lighting and the metaphors. Gilmore Girls does not look pretty. No. L word looks pretty, but that's just be- happens to be that way. Yeah, yeah. I th- there are a few shows, and I really appreciate it, and I think that some of the shows we really like, it's really important. Yeah. But to me, acting and writing are it's storytelling, and we are naturally humans are naturally storytellers. And we've grown to have these tools of film and cinema, but ultimately it does come down to he said, she said, once upon a time. Yeah. And the ability for the storyteller, which is now the actor or the writer, to convey the story. So for me, those things, it could look like crap. But mm-hmm. if it's as well written and densely written and densely acted as Gilmore Girls, I don't care what it looks like. You know who does well written, well acted, well played, looks nice, filmed well, high production values, all in the same package fantastically well? What? Ryan Murphy. Ryan Murphy. We have been consuming since we discovered oh my Ryan God, Murphy. You're making me realise how much stuff we've watched. We've re- we watched a lot of stuff, but it's what we are like. It's who we are. Well, it's sorry, I'm just eating a sour snake, guys. Yeah, the amount of shows we consume. I've just remembered that the reason we started watching The Walking Dead is because so our best friend Neve lived with us for the first little chunk of lockdown, the yeah. first time round. And I remember we watched a lot of Netflix stuff then. And then probably in the two weeks after she left, we finished Netflix. And so we <laughs> like, I had to like beg my sister to get her Amazon Prime password just so I could go and explore a new thing. Yeah. Coming on from the Ryan Murphy thing, when I think the first Ryan Murphy, cause you watched American Ryan Murphy, Horror Story. I have a very long history with Ryan Murphy. 
I I watched all of American Horror Story up until I started Hotel and then someone got sodomized with a drill and I went, you know what, Ryan, you're quirky, but it's that's too quirky. This is episode one, like and and the sodomizer climbed out of the mattress that the guest was staying on. No. Like eh, like no. reverse but or birth. No, no, no. But Murder House, incredible. Connie Britton in that. I'd almost say that if that show had, if it hadn't gone anywhere, that would be a relic of TV. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, they just keep giving him money and they're just not going to stop. They just keep giving Ryan Murphy Ryan money. Ryan Murphy has signed the biggest TV deal of all time. How much for? 500 million, I think it was. Netflix has was given it, was him. Was it not two? Maybe three hundred. Bloody hell! Well, either way, that's still a lot. And it works out that whatever he wants to spend it on, he can spend it on. So he did a bit on that. I, everyone go and watch Boys in the Band. That everyone go and watch Boys in the Band. I mean, I will say it is just a bunch of old queens talking about their past, you know, flings and romances. Well, elephant in the room is Glee. That was him. Glee. Well, that was Ryan is... Murphy. Tell you I, what, the... I don't like Glee, but I don't hate Glee. And I think people who hate Glee need to go back and rewatch it and realise <laughs> that it clearly knows it's a joke. Um, Glee knows Glee's a joke. American Horror Story still... I like it, but it's a bit... Tell you what, though, Hollywood... for me, but Hollywood, Hollywood. and the politician... <gasps> the politician was Everyone go and watch movie. The Politician. Oh, my God, everyone go and watch, go watch The Politician. It's so good. And that show... Tell you what Ryan Murphy's really good at. rams diversity until yeah. it seems normal, right, which is but really you, important. Ryan Murphy's really good at hiring older females... And letting them just be older females. Well, gay men love older females. Yeah, that's actually true. But tell you what was also by um, Ryan Murphy that I really enjoyed but you didn't really like was Ratchet. Because Sarah Paulson in that is enough to turn the straightest of women. Okay, for anyone who's watched American Horror Story, I love Sarah Paulson, but the character she played on Ratchet was very similar She's had a major role in almost every season of American Horror Story. And they're all very similar. A few of them are even lesbians. So I think that it just... Also, it's set in an asylum. And asylum set in an asylum. So Mm. I found it a little bit repetitive. But I think I'll probably get around to it. You've got to definitely watch it. You you just do. Um, What's another Ryan, Ryan Murphy we've loved? I feel like there's, there's definitely more. another one. The politician was incredible. The politician was just like eating an entire tub of ice cream. It was he, that good. He just finds these, and they all look the same. He just finds <laughs> these young white men. I just remembered the other Ryan what Murphy. Is it? Bloody the the assassination of Giannani Versace. <gasps> yes, which I still haven't. Finished. Oh, it's so good, Leon. Blaine, that made me rewatch Glee and be like, Blaine, you are. An incredible, incredible He's an actor. Incredible actor. And this is what we're saying. It looks very nice, and uh, the production values are extortionate. Oh, high turnover of high production. But when you've got all that money, you can hire good people. Yeah. You know what's another Ryan Murphy that I never really got into? What? Um, the O.J. Simpson one. I really enjoyed that. I think you just had to sit down and watch it. Yeah. I wasn't mad on Pose. 
but I think also we were trying to watch Tiger King at the same time. So oh, yeah. it was it was a lot of drama. Did we watch Tiger King with Neve? We watched Tiger King. We did watch Tiger King with Neve. Oh, I'm when... so out of. I, we're sitting here and talking about our obsession with TV shows, but I feel like every few months these like sways of TV like documentary juggernauts come mm, crashing through mm-hmm. and. I did Tiger King and I'm not doing any of the other ones because the conclusion is crazy man is crazy (laughs) in almost all of them. Yes, yes. You know what I've got a question about though and I I bring this up a lot. I I bring this up a lot to you, Leon, and I'd like to discuss this on the podcast with you. Okay. This is following on from when we were previously discussing The Walking Dead. I feel like we haven't actually gone into The Walking Dead yet. I want to get into it because... I have so, so many questions that for me just are not suitably answered. Where did all the tigers go? Okay, there are, there is one tiger in the show. The tiger budget. The tiger budget, the tiger budget was spent Was on maxed one out on one tiger, right? Yesterday, yesterday, Leon oh and I- Oh my God, yes. We, we, we were walking down the road to go to Whole Foods to go and buy some pumpkin pie. And we, I, I was like, Leon. Highly recommend, by the way. Leon, I just had a thought. Where are all the dogs in The Walking Dead? We'd never before seen a dog. I, we'd never before seen a dog when I asked that question. We then came home, sat down to eat our pumpkin pie, put an episode of The Walking Dead on. Eight dogs appear. Yeah. Eight dogs. Just I... all the, the, Where are the dogs? Well, I said there's a couple of options. One... Where are the cats? Dogs, I think, is pretty self-explanatory because... If your owner is like stumbling over to you and you're a dog, you're stupid. Yeah, that's you're gonna go true. hello, master, and he's gonna like <laughs> grab you and use. Dogs are strong, but if the only thing in your brain is eat, yeah. you're gonna eat that dog. Yeah, cats would like walk in and they'd like see that docile face and say, "I'm going," and <laughs> we don't know where they're going. Where are the cats? Cats have another country. This is my other thing. <laughs> Like a Marcus Garvey, Liberia type thing yeah. where all the animals have just gone somewhere and they're thriving. But yeah, that dog showed up. I mean, there's a lot of wild animals. We did get a brief little, oh, I went to go and save this tiger. There's this guy in the show. <laughs> you should be guests on The Talking Dead. <laughs> there's this guy on the show whose name's Ezekiel. He's like the king or whatever in this kingdom. And he's got this tiger. And we find out later on that he was a zookeeper and he has this strong connection with this tiger because this tiger was once really injured. And this guy, Ezekiel, like jumped into his cage and went to go and save him. And the tiger didn't eat him. And then they were bonded for life. Anyway, so there's a tiger in the show. And then he's like, oh, when I went to go and get her, all the other tigers were, were gone. And I'm like, but where did they go? Why haven't we seen any tigers? Where are the alligators? You know, you think about a zoo, where are the parrots? Where are the, the homely pets? I'm asking for a simple, a fish, or, or perhaps oh, a, a hamster, I right? they just die. They would but die. But do they become zombies? Are they zombie fish? I mean, it asks a lot of questions. But I also think this show brings up a lot of tension and suspension and fear. Mm-hmm. And that is not our bag. None of the other shows we have described. It's a it's an uncharacteristic show for us. Oh, yeah. We started Game of Thrones. I think we'll get back to oh, it. Game but of we were watching it in tandem with Walking Dead and it was too, much, too much high drama. Yeah. Maybe I'm thinking now that Pretty Little Liars fried my receptors for stress. <laughs> because 
that show was so <laughs> and also maybe i think because the payoff was so awful the ending of that show is so ridiculous that i've just devoted six years of my life to this shit <laughs> do you know what before we started watching pretty little liars i was warned not to because it's such a commitment i remember speaking about it in like year nine with izzy and ruby and they were like no don't watch it it's too much of a well commitment. it's relentless it's relentless and the walking dead is relentless and i find when we're watching these high stress shows we our solutions are boring we're like, I just want everyone to be great at everything and be on it and solve problems. Yeah. And that's not very good telly. But actually, the four of the main characters of The Walking Dead are very on it. Yeah, they and just I get love things that done. They just get it done. I love that about them. Carol gets it done. They get it done, but it is relentless. Things just keep coming. And I, I find it interesting that we have stuck with this show because... But I think we can find humanity and deep in anything a lot of the shows we watch are about people and like easy for instance that's another very good show very naturalistic it's by joe something joe swanberg joe swanberg does easy who is very in with the greta gerwig greta gerwig noah baumbach and uh what's it mumblecore scene and that is just peep, and that is the lowest tension show ever. Yeah. And when you first start watching it, you'll feel like you're in TV rehab because <laughs> you'll be waiting for an argument and it won't happen. And you'll be like, but it's a TV show. Where's the conflict? Yeah. No, they just sort shit out like adults. Oh, it's so good. It, I could not recommend Easy more. I think I recommend Easy too because I think a lot of the time, I, I do get a, a lot of the time asked what my what my career is going to be or what my ambitions are or you know kind of what my job is and I always direct them to easy because people ask me sometimes who I'm inspired by or what kind of style like my work is easy well that's the pinnacle of acting yeah improv acting there's some incredible veteran and new actors in that everyone and it's it's almost like a sharing board, a taster, if you will. It's like a charcuterie board. that world, because every episode's new storylines, new actors. It really shows the Chicago scene. Another recommendation I have is Wild Horses, which are four female comedians who do improv. They started at UCB, at yeah. like Citizens Brigade, which is where Amy Poehler started. Tell you who uh, Amy Amy Polar's oh, brother God. is in. Amy Polar's brother is in a show that we absolutely devoured called You Me Her. Well, we we are like swarms of walkers, if you will. We're like hurt. We a show will come up and we'll just eat it and go. <laughs> and then if there's another season, we'll just it'll be gone in a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the thing is that the writing for that show towards the 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 last two seasons, I would say, got really weird. I don't know how far you got with the last season. I'm struggling with it. It was so weirdly on. But did everyone so watch you me her because there's just something about it. It's yeah. probably the closest to a sitcom I've got anywhere. Actually, Modern Family. I like Modern Family. No, I like Modern Family too. Okay, here's what I was going to say about The Walking Dead. Yeah. Because it's so uncharacteristically susp- suspenseful. Yeah, for us. For us. Yeah. We 
I remember maybe around season three when we got really invested. I we went on IMDb and we looked at how many episodes everyone yeah. was in. And I kind of kept a mental tally. And so if there was a scene where like three people we cared about were on the verge of death, I'd be like, it's okay. They're in it for at least 60 more episodes. <laughs> and then in this new episode where one of the walkers talks, one of the zombies talks, I yeah. just looked up talking zombies, saw that it was these people dressing up. And I was like, thank God. I, I'm, that's people would call that spoilers but for me i i need that to enjoy it and i need a season in advance to know a character i love's gonna die yeah 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 like when glenn died that was sorry spoiler alert but that really fucked me up when glenn died because we knew it was coming because you know as leon just said we did the thing with that show for me is it's so stressful already and we don't really we're not into high stress shows for the most part so for us to enjoy it we do need to we have we need to have a vague idea we need to play god a little bit i want to know what's going on in like the isle of man and i want to know if there are walkers in the south of france because we only get america and not only do we only get america we only get like a, a stretch of america but i think that this show the reason this show can be so like fantastic at creating tension is because the world that's been created for us is so isolated and small by making the stretch of land so limited and contained that's what makes it work so well well we've started fear the walking dead we started that which couple of days is ago. the spin-off yeah. And it's set in California, the original set in Atlanta. Yeah. And it's set as it breaks out. And it it's really reminding me of COVID-19. Oh god, oh god. And as COVID-19 showed us, people people are traveling constantly and even if it takes a few days for symptoms to show and you to turn into a flesh-eating monster, that's enough time for you to like get on a plane to the Isle of Man or see some family and give it to them or share drugs. Like the big part in Fear the Walking Dead is like the drug community. Yeah. Which kind of feels like an allegory for AIDS fear. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we can't. Okay, I just to let the listeners know, we've moved on to uh tequila lime and sparkling water acting is my most important thing Mm. and that's really important if you are a screenwriter or a director to worship your actors yeah because there's something very down to earth and practical about being a writer or a director to me actors are like mystical Mm -hmm. like they just they can chameleon well, thank you. chameleon themselves into other people and it's exhausting enough being a human being but you're going to Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes the things he was put through in the season we've just watched which I implore everyone to watch this show please when I please talk to people that. and they say I haven't or they say I stopped around season eight and i think how is that possible you're in it now you can't stop Mm. the things he had to be put through as an actor in the last season it was torture yeah but he showed up every day and he did it Mm -hmm. and 
so acting to me is so important mm-hmm. and not that most of the lauded films of all time you know acting is a big part of them but maybe i see the other spectacle things about them that are being celebrated and that's part of the reason that i have this unfair bias against films yeah i tell you what though there have been some films that have really touched me and formed me call me by your name 20th century women yeah uh 20th century women was one of the first films i screened at lewis depot i think maybe it was second to another film that completely touched me was thelma and louise and i i still find it shocking that some people haven't seen that because it's one of the most iconic films of all time but that looks good in a that looks good because it's of its time Mm. and there was a competent director but it's not particularly flashy. It's about no. It was directed oh, by uh, Ridley Scott. Ridley no? Scott, yeah. Who also did uh, Blade Runner, the original Blade Runner. Yes. And who I, also did I who? What else did he like do? That film very much. Alien. Yeah, he did Alien. Did but I do don't aliens? really like Ridley Scott. I maybe I do like Ridley Scott. But when we when we watched Blade Runner, that that changed my opinion of Ridley Scott. I feel as though because I know definitely that Ridley Scott as a director was so so focused on what it looked like, and you can see that in Thelma and Louise. And I think a lot of his role as a director on Thelma and Louise was focusing on the cinematography and you know the colors. Ridley Scott. Um, Blade Runner is quite a confused film tonally. Yeah, seems like when he's handed more control it's a bit wild and a lot of the things that we talked about when we did blade runner was the feminist aspects of it yeah and the non-feminist aspects of it and that's really important to me to have these strong female characters who aren't we we did watch quite a bit of mad men and yeah we did the thing that kept me interested for a while is that feminism is a big part of it in that it's looking at how misogynistic that period of time is but i just found it exhausting after a while i tell you what was one of the things that one of the shows that formed our uh our love of visual media was um how to get away with murder yes that film that show was very formative for me definitely i I that's a show that's one that's a rare show that I really became disillusioned with and fell off watching. Okay. And I remember watching maybe season 4 or 5 and I found the I don't know if anyone else found this but I found that the connections between the characters felt so unrealistic and I felt that I've been watching these people for five seasons be close and I still don't believe that they're close. Yeah. But everything to praise about that show is Viola Davis. I tell you what, Annalise Keating would do fantastically well in The Walking Dead. You know another show that you watched as well, but I watched a lot earlier than you did that really formed me? Yeah. Was Prison Break starring Wentworth Miller oh and Sarah Wayne Callies. And Sarah, Wentworth the reason, Miller. tell you what, the reason we started watching the walking dead was because sarah wayne callies was in the walking dead and i knew her from prison break prison break now that is a there see there are some male leads that i find truly 
that the, the hype is real. Wentworth Miller in that, it's probably because he's a gay man. <laughs> Wentworth Miller in that was just breathtaking. Everything you could want from that character, he was. He. There was a sensitivity oh, about sensitive. him. And that show is silly. Oh, it's silly as fuck. That and I show. love it when someone brilliant shows up in a silly show. I binged that show with my mum when I was like 14, I would say. Maybe 15. That was our show. Another I loved that incredible show. male lead. I hate to bring it back to Walking Dead, but Norman Reedus as Daryl. Oh, Norman now, Reedus as Daryl. If you want to learn something about minimal acting and how Naturalism. important the the tiniest things are go and watch any scene from him because he is doing nothing with his face <laughs> and i i'm looking at a a person with a thousand thoughts in their head <laughs> or maybe none but there's something yeah. about him that is so believable and so <laughs> spectacular yeah i this is one thing i want to talk about okay I think the reason, one of the reasons that I defend Jenny Schechter so much Mm. is that she is a deeply flawed character and all of those lauded male leads that I was talking about are also very flawed people. Yeah. But the world has torn down entire forests to write books about these male leads and how complex and how their flaws are yeah. justified and and then people go Jenny Shex is crazy or Carol in the Walking yeah, Dead yeah it's it, the bunny boiler effect Liam. Carol in the Walking Dead is too much yeah it's Annalise the bunny Keating boiler. is too much she can't I can't believe she did that to them I can't believe Carol did this I can't believe Jenny Schechter is puts this on other people Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes literally ripped someone's neck out with his teeth huh do you not remember that? God. I was very drunk to He's not a bunny down. boiler, is he? He's just a very brave man. And I'm sure there's many articles justifying him because we if do If Jenny that. Schechter did a thing like that, it would be done. She'd be seen as crazy. Okay, that's a very crazy thing to do. Needs must. But... The funny thing about the L word is that we... I speak to older lesbians and they see it Don't as all. pure <laughs> trash because they were like of an age when it came out. I tell you and what. And they're in that, like, life. I tell you what. I, I too, I'm sure the same ones, have spoken to, <laughs> have spoken to older lesbians about The Walking Dead. Um, and I the actually... No, The Walking Dead. The L word. And I, I recommend it to, I recommended it to a friend of mine who was coming out. An older, an older woman who was coming out, who was a friend of mine. And, um, she watched the whole thing, as I did, ate it up. She watched the whole thing. Yeah, she did. I now have something to talk to her about. Well, that's good. Um, and she didn't like it. Because, well, the thing is, no, she did like it, of course. She ate it up. It's a very hard show to not like. But I will agree with her on one thing. is, As, as much as I do worship that show, the representation of female and particularly lesbian promiscuity and sexuality is very one note. They're all very... Okay, Shane is obviously the pinnacle and so is Puppy, but they're all very promiscuous. Even Tina and Bet, you know, they're not, but we see this storyline of Bet cheating, which I think was a very good choice. It brought them together and apart. Oh, Jennifer Beals as Bet Porter. I'm writing a script at the moment for, uh, I guess, a soap opera, 
which I used to watch Hollyoaks when oh, I was younger. Oh, we're not talking about Hollyoaks Okay, but I loved that show, and yeah. I found it amazing how much work went in every week. Yeah. But I'm creating a soap opera based in middle-class suburbia, because it's what well, I know. of course, what can I say? And <laughs> there is a storyline about someone cheating or having a form of an affair. Yeah. And I'm going to find it hard to not take all of my cues from Jennifer Beals. She did that so fantastically well. The, the, the pain, the carnal pain on her face. I got chills when you said that. It got to a point where she could not, not do this. Yeah. It was taking everything in her to not kiss this woman, to not be unfaithful. Yeah. I love the way that they talk about that in the show, because that's something that they talk about quite a lot. A lot of the characters in that show go, oh, well, you couldn't help yourself, Bet. Like, really? You couldn't help yourself? But Shane really understands her. Now hearing Kate Munnig talk now, I love her, but I can't believe that at 24 she played Shane that well. Because even now I find her, like, <laughs> more immature than Shane is. No, but I love it. She, she's almost... She, there's there's an immaturity about her, but she's not fundamentally immature. She's, she's, she's very playful and coquettish, but she's not. Yeah. She's... There's a there's a depth to her that allows her to play that character so perfectly well. And I think Leisha really, really must have seen that in her when they first started working together because there is a depth to her. You know, we have those early scenes when Jenny is, you know, cutting herself on the bathroom floor just as Tina and Baby's Tina and Bet's baby is born. And we have that lovely scene where she she just quietly covers Jenny's legs with the towel and goes, come on, Jen, let's go and see the baby. And she doesn't... Are people just watching the pilot of The L Word? Because people talk about Shane Shaw like she's this... Lothario. Yeah, (laughs) this was the cool casting for Shane, uh, a a Lothario serial monogamous. monogamous. But she's... Very quickly, she becomes a lot more... um, the point we were making is that we this is our bible and then you oh, talk yeah. to people who were in their 20s and 30s when it came out and they're just like fucking l word i remember i was at a party with an older lesbian and she just rips jenny Schechter to shreds but, that's but i was bit, like yeah. but jenny Schechter, she's my queen the, the reason we enjoy that show so much is because it's true you know we we attach so much connection and attachment to characters that we love even characters we don't love and I think we give troubled, problematic... We celebrate uh, moral ambiguity and the... The blurred lines. The, the Yeah, the, the human approach to people who aren't always doing the right thing. It taught me that there's no such thing as good or bad. There's no such thing as black or white. There's no such thing as one thing or the other. That doesn't exist. That exists in the world of science and maths, but human beings aren't science and maths. And I think it was so important for me, so, so, so hugely important for me as uh, as a young teenager and also coming in and bringing that with me into my adult life to learn that very quickly. Because I think as a young audience consuming that, we know that on a on a brain level, but to really feel 
that there is so much blur and so much room for error and you're not towing a line and there is so much moral ambiguity in the world surrounding us at all times. The L Word has now rebooted with Generation Q and which is something that three of the main actresses were trying to get off the ground for a long time. Mm. And it's serving to undo a lot of the more controversial things that the initial show did. I'm resistant to it because, like I said, it's a relic and it's almost biblical in how much I love it. It is important that they address those... So there's a trans character in the original who is not particularly well shown. Yeah. And I understand that when she did it, it probably came from two places. One, wanting to create another real character with their own diverse problems with gender and the other one probably quite an angry early 2000s feminist approach to trans men but like they're saying now it was a time where there was no trans representation so any trans representation is akin to all which is really hard because you want to be able to have this character on your show and she did but if no one else is showing it yeah and you're showing it in uh a rightly morally ambiguous light because that is what that show is and that's a good thing about it It, there's a power imbalance where you you can't get access to your your community anywhere else and you're being shown as indecisive and troubled and doing it for reasons that aren't being assigned the wrong gender at birth yeah well this is what i love about ellen shaken is that she creates characters she creates very complex characters because she wants to create them and it really doesn't really go beyond that it doesn't feel it feels that she creates characters who are very flawed and very talented and very gorgeous and very kind and very mean and they're they're everything and all of these things in one and she creates them because she loves the characters that she's creating and she has a lot of affection and attention for the characters that she's creating but she's not creating them to appease anyone or to represent anyone or any group she just wants to create these characters and as a show writer i really appreciate that about her because it makes all of the performances from these characters hugely authentic and hugely real and i feel that we see in the sixth season that she is pissed off probably by because the show was cancelled in the sixth season so i saw a huge jump in in tone i think we went from naturalism to it almost got brechtian well jenny Schechter is her yeah and so she basically commits creative suicide and spoilers kills Jenny Schechter and I think that it's a brilliant move but it's also quite a volatile and and even the the actors and even she said she she doesn't count it she was at a very angry point yeah but yes (laughs) what (laughs) I feel like did we go on a tangent again I didn't even remember I think the gist is we love TV. We love TV. And it's some shows have changed my life in... It's what? Carnal. Carnal. Some shows have changed my life (laughs) in such ways that I 
beg you guys to watch them. Literally beg. The L word above anything else. I think it would tell you so... It It's very important at the moment to appreciate moral ambiguity. Like yeah. we were saying with Bo- Bonnie Boiler characters, yeah. in season three, Alice, who is one of the bubbliest characters... Who's uh, Leisha Haley, who does the pants pod with yeah. Kate Monig. Who plays Shane. She is one of the bubbliest and most loved and least controversial characters, and season two is all about her pretty uncontroversial, uh, long-time-coming relationship with one of the characters... And then in season three, it opens, they've broken up and she has become obsessed and she's got a shrine and she follows her everywhere and all of these things that we very much, if you had a character like that from Jump, people would be very critical and very yeah. dismissive, but because it's someone we love and I love that she did that. I love that she did that. I love that she did it with someone. She tests our love. She tests our love for characters continuously and i think it's it really creates a stronger bond and i agree that she loves writing complex characters because that seems like something you do when you're feeling like you've maybe got complacent and you want to switch it up and you want to really test your characters and test your audience yeah so l word watch it change your life and if it, I just, this is a harsh thing to say, but I think if it doesn't change your life, you need to think about why that is. This is the thing, right? Is that I don't know many people who could sit and talk about this in such a passionate, attentive, and delighted way that we have. And we we genuinely, I mean, this this podcast is is anything but a chore for us to have recorded this evening. We would likely be having this a similar conversation because this is something that we just consume like Turkish delight. Like, it's just... Yeah. and talk about with yeah. such affection. Affection, absolutely, is and the word. deep... I'm getting this feeling right now, you know when you do yoga yeah and you feel like every single part of your body is alive and you're also in touch with all of it yeah that's how i feel i feel focused and like i've got a microscope on these shows especially the l word and i could tell you you could ask me a question and i could tell you anything yeah and i think that's why we're going to be good directors because if you're as passionate about your own project as you are as, and you'll probably be more than the things we love. Anyone could come and ask you a question and you'd have the answer. <laughs> because you've thought about yeah. it. You've stayed up at night because you, it's easy and it comes easy. Yeah, and I'm I'm so lucky. I, I don't know about you, but I, I do genuinely feel so, so lucky to have... To love something so much, but to also that be the, the thing that I'm talented at. You know... <laughs> I can't say that about many things, but it is the thing that I have talent, a huge amount of talent for. And I love it at the same time. And I do feel, I feel so, 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 so lucky to have that. Okay, so top three desert island recommendations. <gasps> oh, that's such a question. Well, there's a difference between what I bring to desert island and what I think everyone needs to watch. Okay. I think L word... 
Uh-huh. L word easy, I think. You'd bring that to a desert island? No, no, no. I'm saying everyone okay. should watch it. Okay. Really, everyone should watch okay. it. Okay, yeah. They, that's definitely true. Uh, something I cannot believe we have not talked about is She's Gotta Have It. Oh my God! Which Why haven't we talked about She's Gotta Have It? Is the Netflix recreation of, but still with Spike Lee, of Spike Lee's 1970-something film. And it is... <sighs> That is some. That is a show where visual sound uh, editing. Everyone is on ten out of ten. Yes. Um, I have the main character of the show as my phone background. Yeah. Just to wake up and feel, she makes me feel so inspired. Yeah. She is another. She's a hustler. Hustler, ambiguous, real person. I love that show. And then hand in hand with how amazing she is the writing and there is this scene when donald trump got elected that everyone needs to go and watch clown with the nuclear code you gotta stream that song clown with the nuclear code so good but you know a show we have not talked about dead to me Dead to Me. Dead to Me was a very good show. Dead to Me is in the vein. I was about to do a quick fire of shows everyone should get to. Okay, okay, let's go. Dead to Me, uh, a Liz Feldman show. Liz Feldman also appears on the Pants Pod with Leisha and Kate. They've been friends for a long time. She worked on, she used to recap for Ellen, the Ellen show. Uh, She's got like a billion Emmys. Yeah, she's incredible. Yeah, she's incredible. Dead to me, the acting in that is fun and it it's playful, but it's not playful enough that you can still connect with it. Yeah. Grace and Frankie, <gasps> talk about older women. I mean, oh. absolutely incredible. Grace and Frankie, my God, what a show. What a show, Leon. I feel like I loved this more than you, but I really liked The Good Place. Because I I often find that American sitcoms are quite asinine and they talk down to the audience. Yeah. And even it's... So Jim Parsons, who played Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory, was on the David Tennant podcast and I absolutely fell in love with him straight away. But it hasn't changed the fact... And he talks about that show very affectionately, but it's so asinine and dull and talks down to its audience. Um... Good Place feels like it's from that same sitcom 22 episodes a season kind of world, but it is so... I don't know how they were allowed to do some of the nerdy, ridiculous things that they do yeah. in that show. The stretching out of the concept... Tell you what. ...is incredible. I've got a clumsy segue for you. Yes. Tell you what, another great recommendation I have is who was also on the David Tennant podcast, Kristen Ritter, starring in <gasps> Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones. That was amazing. That show really was amazing. I, a lot of the shows I've mentioned this evening, including Je- Grace and Frankie, Prison Break, Jessica Jones, are all shows that I watched with my mum, completely binged with my mum and adored. Yeah. Um, and I... if my mum likes something, that's, that's a big old statement. Right like there. we said, all of the Ryan Murphys. Um, Dear White People's quite good. Dear White People, I really liked. I I know you didn't like it quite as much as I did, but I did really like it. Narcos is also a really good show. Uh, you're Narcos. just looking at my phone. As well, I the, scroll. well, the thing is, I watched Bloodline, Narcos, and Unbelievable. Oh, I'd watch Unbelievable for 
Tony Collette and whoever plays the other one. She is because in she's also in The Walking Dead and, and she's New also Girl, in and New she Girl. She is incredible. Yeah, she's incredible. And I think when actors are my anchor, because if I trust an actor, if I trust an actor to do well, I'll watch them in things. Yeah. I feel like we haven't, we have very good instincts now. I think there was a period where we used to watch things and they wouldn't always be the best thing. Yeah. Now I feel like I don't know if it's because I abandon things the moment they're bad, <laughs> but everything I've watched to completion, yeah, is amazing. I just thought of something else, which was you know what we've also both been watching, and and people have mixed opinions about this, but The Crown. So the similar Crown with is, the, the production words, values for The Crown, which took me about four tries to start. I'm now actually got into The Crown for the first time, and it took me four or five times. And yeah, the production in that—that's another incredible. show I watch with my mum. And that's another one that I think I like, and I like more because other people don't like it because of the moral ambiguity, because of the non sequitur people bring to it that we can't care about these people. I'm not interested because they're These are bad people. These are bad people. They've done bad things. Therefore, we can't care about them. Therefore, if you like it... Which makes me... Well, it starts with the devil's advocate kind of thing. And then I just get to a point where I see them as humans and I'm interested. I realise that they're humans. And I just think, hold on a second. Why do we have such blind, black and white, yes and no, good and bad, hate for humans? Yeah. These shows just come along and they're great (laughs) you know and i feel like we just eat them up uh guys get on queen's gambit oh yeah okay no atypical get on atypical (gasps) and not for the main character it's about an autistic boy for the mum the mum she is mum so good incredible mum said something else as well i can't remember what that we both watched together another show i used to watch which you never watched was uh being human which actually, funnily enough, my dad watched. And I really liked that show. But the only reason I watched that show is because one of my dad's friends was working with the main guy in it, the vampire, who's in Poldark. He was working in really? Poldark with him. Yeah. And that's wow. the only reason I ended up watching the show, because my, my dad's mate was in it. But then another show I really liked, I also watched with my dad when I was a kid was Merlin with Colin Morgan who I saw at the Globe and he was very good he's very much a stage actor but I tell you in Merlin you wouldn't know he's so naturalistic in Merlin for a show that is so Mm. out of this world Brechtian and terrible like he's so good he's so so good yeah Doctor Who was my thing when I was a kid yeah I think I even started when Christopher Eccleston started, which probably isn't possible because I was like two. <laughs> but I have a memory yeah. of all of those early episodes. Yeah. Don't watch Dr. Foster because it'll fuck you up. Dr. Foster! Fuck! Killing Eve, Leon. Ki- Killing oh, Eve! How are we not talking about oh, Killing Eve? No. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's seen Killing Kill Eve, and everyone knows Killing how Eve. great yeah, it is. You're right, you're and right. Fleabag, Fleabag, Phoebe Waller Bridge, so talented. So I feel so like I just troll cafes. Oh, we gotta in Soho stop. To we gotta stop. Bump into her because we could go on and on. We like could. there are so many more shows. I know we're gonna realize when we hit. But when these we stop are the recording. things. If these are these are the ones that I'm. When things have a lot of hype, like The Crown, even Olivia Coleman, who 
is now in the crown, as Queen Elizabeth said, that there was so much hype that she felt was being forced upon her. Yeah. So these shows, if you feel like they've come and gone and you didn't get on the hype train, they are life-changing. A lot of them are, yeah. Yeah. Killing Eve and Fleabag especially were very hyped up shows, so I could see how someone could not. Yeah. Just watch them. Watch them, they're very good. You have to understand, like, they're hyped up for a reason. And I think... The British TV industry is possibly one of the greatest things. The greatest machines of all time. Because a lot of it's publicly funded. The BFI, you can secure funding from the BFI, which gets funding from the lottery. Yeah. It's... uh, um, It's very unique in that way. Because... Uh for all of the flaws of our current government, the structure of our society understands how important art and culture is, which it doesn't seem like they do at the moment. But there's a real understanding for the need for rich art in this country to make life more than just sort of eat, work, sleep, repeat. Yeah. We've got to stop somewhere. We've got to stop somewhere. It's been a pleasure to be on. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Uh, it's also a bit of sweep because I'm sure while we're having a blast, Bonnie's slaving away at her yeah, degree. Yeah. I hope you're getting there. I hope you're getting there, lovey. Just give yourself a break. Have a little tipple. Have a nice time. An act of self-care. An act of self-care. Just relax. It's okay. And to our podders... We love you. <laughs> we love you. Please. Thank you for listening every week. I love being involved with this. I'm so glad that you do. I, to actually have a job in the industry I want this early and to like learn what it's like to have to get stuff out every week. Yeah. It's amazing. And I enjoy it and I enjoy the content we're doing and yeah. I'm having fun. We've loved having you on. And I've loved episode. being on. Yeah, I've Perhaps. loved I've loved having you on this episode. I'd love to have you on more often actually. Because I feel like when I'm on now I'll be able to butt in more. Yeah. Because I've done one now. Yeah, yeah. And and are you less nervous now than you were when we started? Oh yeah. Good. But I also feel like my grammar's fallen apart. Oh, it's fine. Um I often don't know what my sentence is going to end like when I open my mouth. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Anchor. You can follow us on Instagram at the Cheers to That Podcast and you can listen to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor and all good podcast platforms. If you're archaic, you can leave us an email or you can leave us a DM on Instagram. Have a lovely week. Bye. There's nothing really to say bye to because we're just going to go to the shop.